is my D3 kids at? Raise your hand if you're in D3. All right. So as you all know, as all my D3 students know, what I do. What do I do? Exactly. Now, as promised, I got candy. Now, before I preach the sermon, do not expect candy every week because Josh already hates me that I'm doing it for D3, so he'll probably hate me for doing it on Wednesday night. Apologize in advance, Josh. You're amazing. Um, so, um, it's a tough act to follow, especially after David. David's a pretty darn good speaker. Um, but um, I'll do my best. Yes, I do have candy. Da David did not have candy, so. <laughs> but um, before we uh, start the service, uh, let's have a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today um, and give me the strength and the wisdom to preach your word to these children and, or I shouldn't say children, young men and women. And um, please, um, I also pray that um, for everyone um, that's in other countries, especially, um, can't remember this country right now, but um, Afghanistan, thank you. Um, I pray that all those lives, um, that you give them the strength and courage to be with you and uh, their families and loved ones. And in God's name, we pray, amen. <clears throat> all right, so um, I have a quick quote to share with you before I share my message. Um, the quote is from Pastor E.M. Bonds, and he said, our praying needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tries, a persistency which will not be denied, and courage that, that never fails. All right, and so who remembers what we learned last week? Yes. Okay, yes, that is correct. So the three that raised their hand and told me the correct answers, come see me after service, I'll give you some candy. All right, so today we are going to be alert on called in prayer. Now, before we start the service, I actually have a story, um, quick story, actually. Um, who in here is a Marvel fan? Not a DC, nothing. Oh, a lot of you. All right. Okay, so I don't know if you know, but there are a group of people that already know, but I am a huge I am a huge Marvel fan, but my favorite Marvel superhero is Thor. Who, 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 where are my Thor, Thor warriors at? All right, all right, all right. All right, there's some of you, there's some of you in here, all right. So I am such a big Thor fan that I literally, for my Halloween costume, bought my all very own Stormbreaker. If you want to hold it, come see me after service, and I will let you hold it. Is it heavy? Is it heavy? Yes, it does have a little bit of weight to it. Uh, let's just say it's a lot of money. I do not want to say the amount because it hurts me every time I say it. No. All right, so we're getting off topic. Silence. 
silence over the children. Okay, so, all right, so the reason why I talk about this is because Thor, in my opinion, is the best superhero because he never gives up on, I mean, he, I take that back. He has given up on a lot of times in the Thor movies, don't get me wrong. But the only thing he did not give up on was Loki. He never gave up on Loki. Other than his family and the Avengers, they all gave up on him, but not Thor. Thor knew he had good in him. He just chose not to use it, but Thor still believed he had the good. Now, if you saw Loki, you could see that. But anyways, so, but what you're probably thinking, Keegan, what does this have to do with the sermon? Well, the funny thing is, Did you not hear the title of the message? <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> the thing is, I was thinking of the mentality that we, we all have when it comes to prayer, to prayer. Do we really believe that just talking to God, he will hear us? Or better yet, do we believe that our prayers really even matter? Can you, our lives literally change just by praying to God? Those are, those are really good questions, in my opinion. I've, I've even asked myself, like, does it really matter what I think? Does it really matter what he thinks of me or what I'm praying? In all reality, yes, it does matter. And it does matter what you pray when you pray it. Because God is just another person that you're speaking to. He's like your best friend that will listen to everything you say. Um, but I put Thor into this, and the reason how Thor became a legend, in my opinion, is just because he believed in Loki. He believed that he is a changed, he can be a changed man no matter what other people said about him. Um, also, what we can become, what, what we became just because we believe in God, more specifically, what would happen if we really believed in the prayers we prayed? Now, who brought their Bible today? Okay, the Bible app also counts. Okay, okay, so, all right, so turn with me to James chapter five, verse 16. Okay. Whoever, uh, when you're there, say there. there. Okay, who still needs to flip to it? Sky Bible. Oh, and also, the, yes, we do have the Sky Bible. <laughs> Sky Bible! Okay. If you count that, yes. Um, so it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is, is working. Elijah was a, oh, wrong, okay, too far. Um, it is working. So, if we, believe the if we believe in the Bible, then we know that we were created and called to be a generation that is full of power. So why is it that so many of us pray to God a regular, to, in a regular basis and we try to become better people 
but we still struggle with the same things or we try to help our friends and family with problems, but we feel powerless. And how can we, as a group, as a peop, uh, people of God, how can we so many, with so many churches in the world, how is there so many chaos in the world? Could it be that we have been praying powerless prayers? All right. Um, <clears throat> I want to look at some, uh, actually, one, some verses with you um, with examples of powerful prayer. Now, if you wouldn't mind going to Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 12. Okay, so when you're there, stay there. All right. So it says in Acts chapter 12, verse 1, about that time, Herod, the king, laid hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter. Also, this was during the days of unleavened leavened bread, and when he had seized him, he put him in a prison, delivering him over the four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the pa Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on the very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and centaurs before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck, stri striking Peter on the side and woke, woke him saying, get up quickly. And then the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they, ha they had passion past the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gates leading into the city. It opened for more of its own accord, and they went out and went along one, one, and they, uh, along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Her Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Now that to me is impressive. To walk in and see a group of people praying, that, that's just impressive to me. Now, the first thing I noticed in the text is that people began passionately praying for someone else who had a need. They were praying selfless prayers. The first question you have to ask yourself, is my praying 
solely for my benefit or for the benefit of others. <clears throat> Listen, you will not pray passionately for people you have no compassion for. And this brings up my next, my first point, which you guys can write down. And your per perspective will be your passport to your own prison or to your, to your prison. Meaning, what that's saying is, more you expose your, wor your wor worldview to include the experience and needs of others, the more your compassion for, that, for them will grow. But the longer you stay locked into seeing things slowly from your personal va vantage point, the less likely you will see others the way God does. And you won't have a passion for people who don't fit your description of them or of God. Compassionate prayers will, will open heaven's doors for you. Um, next point I need you to pop up is your ex expectation affects your experience, which as in Acts chapter 12, verse 7, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and light shone in the cell. He struck Peter in the side and woke him up. Quick, get up. Everyone yell, get up. Get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Now, a faithless Christian are pretty much chained up elephants, meaning they think, oh, this is just a dream. This isn't real. This can't be happening. But... Basically, it was like Peter said, he felt like he was sleepwalking, meaning he didn't think this was real. This is just a vision that God has given me. But in all reality, it was the real deal, which a chained elephant, in his case, would be thinking that. Now, Peter, like I said, Peter wasn't expecting God to send an angel to get him, but with the prayers from Mary and the, and the other group that was in the house with him, they were the caged up lions. They were showing Peter, they were praying for Peter, someone that didn't really believe that it was actually happening. So how do I, how do I know this? Is said that the people came together and prayed essentially or hard for him, meaning they were praying and believing that God not only heard them, but that he cared about what they cared about. They were essentially roaring out to heaven saying, God, please break him out of prison. And God sent the angel down to get him out of prison. <clears throat> so, in the Bible, Jesus is known as both the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah. God died for you. The Lamb died for you, meaning God, so you can let out your lion, so you could pray to him and speak to him and pray for others that actually need to be prayed for with your powerful prayers. So what we see in our country and generation today People are people who are tired of being chained down but don't know how to become free are basically praying, oh, dear Lord, I want you to pray for my math. I want to pray for that I pass my math test or I want to pray that I get this job, so on and so forth. But in all reality, God doesn't really, he, 
He accepts those prayers, but those aren't powerful prayers. Those aren't the prayers that he's exactly looking for. So, oftentimes, and which brings me to my next point, is oftentimes we treat prayer like a last resort instead of a first response. That's a major one. And, but, but when you truly realize that our prayers unleash the line of Judas, whose name is Jesus, then you will treat it differently. So when, you are when you're stressed and flustered with yourself in life, here's some advice. Stop criticizing and start conversating with others. Stop posting, say, oh, I love Jesus. Stop saying, oh, um, if you love Jesus, say amen. Don't, no, don't do that. That's, no. Um, stop just going through the motions and start worshiping like the lives of others are dependent on it. Don't allow society to domesticate you. Don't let fear control you. Don't let the devil get in your head. That's what he wants. He wants to get in your head and use that against you to get to God. And don't believe the lie that there's nothing you can do to change that situation. We don't need another generation of quiet, passive people. We don't need those people. Passive, apathetic Christians who sit and watch as the devil wreck, wrecks habit. Like literally, I could relate to this. I had a struggle in my life a while back because I was, I literally was seeing what was going on in Afghanistan, what's going on in the real world, and I let that get to my mind. I let that affect me as a person. But I reached out to people in my church group that said, hey, you, we're praying for you. We are helping you through this. Don't let, and then I just felt the God giving me this message saying, this is the devil playing tricks on you. He is manipulating your mind. He's saying these things that this is the end of the world. It's not. Don't let that stress you out. Do not let that get to you. Um, and I'll conclude with this as the worship team would like to come up. Um, I have some um, acronym that you can write down, and that word is pray. And P and pray stands for praise. Start your conversation by think, thanking God for who he is and for what he's already done in your life. R is repent. Ask for forgiveness for your sins and also forgive anyone in your life that you, that bothers you, that annoys you, that gets under your skin. Ask, for, ask God to give you the strength to forgive them as a person to reach out. A is ask. Whenever you need a desire in life, ask God for it. Nothing is too small or too big for God who care to care about. He will always answer your request. Why yield? Yes, you may ask, oh God, I want this, I want that. Don't, and if you don't get it the next day or a week or you have to wait a year, that's fine. Just yield and wait. He will give it to you at the time that you need it. 
you will receive it through him just on his time. He's not a genie that you can go up and rub a lamp and get three wishes. He's not, he doesn't grant those wishes like that. And then he goes back in his bottle and then you rub it again whenever you want him. God's not like that. <clears throat> so you're probably thinking, Keegan, are you saying just to pray and praise God and all my problems will go away? No, not at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying to start with that so that God can lead you into the next step. Prayer doesn't always change our situation, but it always changes you. Maybe God wants you to do something in, your, in you before he does something for you. The reason why someone like Pastor Josh, Pastor Mike, Pastor John, or even Pastor Jeremy come up here and preach on Sunday or Wednesday night is because God is leading them to speak to you and have the words through, having from God through them to your ears, to listen, to guide you through life, to help you. And, um, and also to help in, in your situations of need. So if you have anything going on in your life that you're afraid to go to and you don't want anyone to know, go to Josh, go to Pastor John, go to Pastor Mike, or even on Sunday when they have their leaders up here. They're here to help you, to pray for you. They're, they're, they're you they are your prayer warriors. Even if it's one of us leaders, me, Jonah, David, Zach, Becca, we're here for you. Larissa, we're here for you, no matter what. We will not judge you. We will not, we won't do any of that. It does not leave this building. It is between me, you, it's between us, you, and God. Those are the only three that know that. So, I'm sorry I made that run off super long. Um, so let's just go ahead and take a moment of prayer. Um, and then we will close out with worship. God, I pray that we develop a deeper understanding of the power of, your pr of prayer, that the same way you spoke the word into existence, you desire us to speak life into dead situations, but that must first come from connecting with you the source of life, help us to hear you more clearly and to recognize the importance of the spending time with you. Every day in prayer, we need you, Jesus, more than we ever known, and we are committing to deeper relationship with you through prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.